Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. You've heard the old adage that actions speak louder than words, and that especially applies to parenting. If you don't follow through on a warning or a promise, your kids are going to remember that, and they're going to think, well, mom or dad, they don't really mean what they say. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, who's a licensed clinical social worker and is vice president of Focus on the Family's Parenting Department. Danny, what prevents us as parents from following through on what we said we would do? I think there are multiple factors. It really does take time to discipline and to teach our kids. And so time is a huge factor. Another one is our very own emotions, our anxiety about uh, stepping into a parenting moment and correcting our child, our own child, and seeing them upset and crying and creating uh, an emotionally painful moment for our children uh, where they're, they're, they're being corrected. Maybe they lose a toy or something else, and that can be hard on us. We want to see our kids succeed. And so sometimes those, our very own feelings prevent us from, from stepping in the way we need to. And the other one is embarrassment. Hmm. We, we uh, feel that other people are watching, and uh, we don't want to correct a child there. And I've seen that over and over again uh, with, with parents that look around, and you can tell they would have probably done something different in that moment. And I know I've, in my parenting, I've noticed that I adjust a little bit if, if certain people are watching, and I have to be aware of that. Why am I adjusting for this person when my child needs something right now? So develop that self-awareness. Mm. You're not going to be perfect with it, but it's just helpful for you because you need to refocus on what the goal is, and that is I need to teach my child something so we don't cross this intersection again. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be crossing it over and over and over again if your child doesn't think you're serious about it. Yeah, we've it. all been in situations, you know, in, in a store or a church, and you hear a parent, now, how many times do I have to tell you? And it's because, <laughs> uh, actually, mom or dad, I'm just going to keep it up until you finally do something about until it. Until right? you scream, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, Focus President Jim Daly and I spoke with psychologist Michael Anderson and pediatrician Timothy Johansson. And... They offered some really helpful advice for those of us who struggle to be consistent. What are some of those outcomes uh, in the old model, if we want to call it that, where we're really setting down expectations and we're laying out the boundaries? Uh, Boundaries aren't bad in themselves, are they? Well, what parents don't realize is that kids often don't do what they're told, but they almost (laughs) always do what they're taught. And uh, what they're told and what they're taught are two different things. Give us an example of that, uh, practical. Okay. okay, a couple months ago, there was a three-year-old standing by his mom in front of a grocery store, and I watched this happen. And the mom had groceries in her hand, and she said, don't cross the street. Jimmy, don't cross the street. And the little boy looked both ways and ran across the street. And mom said, well, if you're going to ro- go across the street, look both ways. So what she was saying was, don't cross the street. What she taught him was, it's okay to cross the street because I don't really mean what I say. Mm. And it's true for us as adults, too. I always love comparing childhood to adulthood. So you guys fly a lot. TSA at the airport has taught you that they mean what they say. United has taught you they don't mean what they say. (laughs) How's that? (laughs) Because they have a little basket by the check-in, and they say, your luggage has to fit in here, and you can't take a steamer trunk and put it in the overhead. (laughs) But that guy in front of you certainly brought it on. Yeah. And so 
when United says, don't forget, your luggage can't be bigger than this, everybody that flies United or Delta knows they don't really mean that. So we don't take them serious. But TSA is, when they say take off your belt, we take off our belt. And that's the same thing with parenting is our inconsistencies come back to haunt us far more than we think. Well, let me tease that out a bit because it's interesting. TSA has authority. They have power to arrest you, to ticket you, to influence your so behavior. So does United. United could just kick you off the flight, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. But, they have, but if they held tight, if they said your bag fits in this basket or right. you don't get on, that whole problem would be gone in no time. Now, see, that sounds like, uh, if you're drawing that analogy for parenting, it sounds like, so what I need to be is TSA as a parent. Okay, let me flesh that out a little bit. It, what it means is we need to be careful what we say as parents because we need to back up what we say. And when we're flippant about what we say, what that leads to is us not following through. And that's so true. And that's the consistency issue, being able to lay the boundary out. You don't have to rant and rave and become emotional. In fact, one of the chapters in your book was just shut up. Uh, I found that one kind of interesting because I fight that. You know, you want to over-explain. You want to over-verbalize as a parent. And you're saying, yeah, sometimes, maybe a lot of the time, you want to just not say anything. Yeah, I think many parents fall into this. It's really a um, everybody can relate to that at some point in time. <laughs> there aren't a lot of parents who naturally know how to limit their verbiage to their kids. And the problem with parents lecturing all the time is it just inflicts shame on their kids. Mm-hmm. And it um, creates resentment in their kids. So their kids are growing up in an environment where they're always getting reminded or lectured for what they're not doing right. And they end up feeling pretty down about themselves, and it really affects the relationship. Mike and I talk about the the relationship is so important for parents rather than the behavior complying to a particular behavior. Well, but some parents don't see it, in my opinion, that clearly. I think they tend to see the behavioral component as, and I don't think they intend it to be this way, but they see it as more important than the relationship. So we get it backward. We get it backwards. Absolutely. Right. How do we, if we can see that in ourselves, how do we begin to back up and disengage with that destructive behavior? Before you go on with that, I just wanted to say, I like to think of it as when you talk too much, you spend relationship to buy behavior. And so you have 40 units of relationship with your son and you talk to him for 20 minutes about cleaning the garage. And by the time you're done, you have a clean garage, but you have 15 units of relationship left. Hmm. And that doesn't happen when you're quiet. Uh, and uh, how do you get the garage clean? Well, you can. There's other leverages you have, like uh, give well, me you an example. This is an important one, by the way. <laughs> Longtime listeners know that the garage is kind of a sacred space for Jim. <laughs> Did he push my hot button or what? There it is. So what? I mean, how would you go about that in an effective way where okay. you're not losing your relational credits? If you want to go to Jeremy's for a sleepover Saturday, the garage has to be clean before you go. And I'm okay. not going to talk about it anymore. I'm not going to remind you. And that's it. And, that's and you're it. done. And, and then, you don't do the yeah. reminding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I really like Michael's approach, which makes so much sense. Uh, giving kids real-life consequences instead of lecturing them or constantly reminding them to follow the rules. Danny, this is something that we could apply to a 6-year-old and also to a 16-year-old, I would think. You can. There are a lot of life lessons that kids can learn just naturally. 
I mean, the, the cold one is the most obvious one, right? If if a, a child goes to school, they wear shorts, and it's it's snowing outside, <laughs> they'll figure out that they need pants the next time if if they get really cold. So there are natural consequences, all all the way to to logical consequences where you're responding to the child what they've done. If a child did not handle their freedom with driving the car, didn't come on time, then they lose that privilege as they're regaining trust, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense with what they violated as far as the rule. And But as a parent, you want to make sure they understand the rule well and that you're clear with it and consistent with it. Yeah, so come uh, come up with an idea or two regarding, let's, uh, let's just toss this out as, a, as an example, uh, video games. So my kid actually not only played the video game a lot longer than I told him to, but he also went down at night and was playing, and I didn't know it. What do I do about that? What's a consequence that would, let's say he's 12, what's a consequence that would seem to help him connect the dots? Well, the video games are a privilege, and so it's regaining the privilege by regaining trust, and so it's removed because trust was broken. Okay. And you as a parent need to figure out what would be uh, a, a way to regain trust. And maybe it's uh, a list of, of jobs that need to be done. And once those jobs are done, hey, we're going to try again. Let's try this again. We want you to be able to play video games. Here are the parameters. If you handle them well, this is uh, you get to play. If yeah. you don't, you don't get to play. And then you regain that. I remember my son, he went out recently with some friends and he's been getting opportunity to have uh, that negotiable rule of the time coming home. As he's getting older, he's yeah. 17. And he he had called and said, well, I'm going to be home at 1030. And uh, we said, OK, 1030. That's great. It was 1045. And he came in the door and we said, hey, son, you said 1030 and we need to be able to trust that. And it was good that he came home. That was, that was fantastic. It was only 15 minutes. Parents may say that, but it can stretch out. So you don't want to ignore those small moments. And we were what we told him is. Uh, the, the seven next o'clock time you go, next time. Yeah, the next time. It's it's earlier. It's earlier. <laughs> Not seven o'clock. No, no, no. No, it was actually earlier. Okay. We said 10 o'clock. We'll, we'll rewind back, and you're going to leave 15 minutes later for, the, for, for that next time that you're going hmm. to give those 15 minutes back uh, that we had to wait for you. Yeah, that's good. All right, so uh, one more example that comes to mind is, um, let's say, the, the third grader, and you said, you know, did, did you clean your room? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you walk up there and it's like, it's not even close to clean. So what do I do about that? Yeah, they get to go back up and and clean. And maybe you help them put music on or something to make it an enjoyable thing. That's not a bad thing to have to clean your room. And they may have begun to see it that way. And you can say, hey, it it seems that you weren't able to tell us uh, in a truthful way that your room is not clean. And honesty is so important in our home. And so you want to reinforce the word honesty in mm-hmm. there and also responsibility. This is your responsibility to, to maintain your area. And so uh, before you get to do any, anything else, you get to uh, have some time in your room, and this is what we're looking for. And you want to make sure you're expecting the right thing with the kids on what a clean room looks like. Are you, are you expecting a museum or... Is there a way to compromise mm-hmm. on, on what you're, especially with boys? Boys tend to be a little messier in their rooms. Doesn't mean girls aren't. Yeah. And so how can you create that space to be a safe place, but teach them the idea of responsibility? Yeah, and, and I've learned that you got to let this, specifically to this uh, example, I've, I've learned that sometimes kids have a little different way of looking at it. So like one of our kids was like, well, I can't put this away because I don't have a place to put it. And I realized she's right. 
We just need to go buy something for her to put those things in. And once we did that, it was all fine. But and it was kids... like, I don't see a place to put this, Daddy. Right, right. Well, I see 14 places. But I don't. And so we had to connect yeah. with where she was and the way she was seeing it. And they need that direction. And yeah. really for kids, you want to make sure you're not just going to behaviors, but to the overall why. Yeah. The why, why do we even clean our room? It's about responsibility, contributing. We're a team. We're maintaining our house. Yeah, so it and it's next to us. godliness, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. I think that's in the Bible. Yeah, no, somewhere in there, right? <laughs> Clean your room right next to it. Well, the book by Michael Anderson and Dr. Timothy Johansson has some wonderful common sense advice for parents. We've explored some here with Danny, and uh, the clip with Michael and Timothy certainly did offer some ideas as well. The book is called Gist, The Essence of Raising Life-Ready Kids, and... That's our thank you gift to you when you join the support team today. Make a donation to Focus on the Family when you call 800-A-FAMILY or at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast, and we'll make sure to get that book out to you. And on our episode page, you can find our free parenting assessment. Uh, We'll link over to that. It's a great tool to examine your own parenting habits so you can grow and thrive as a parent. And then join us next time as we discuss ways to help your kids combat peer pressure during middle school. And there's a lot of it there. I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Danny Huerta and the team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. 